Hey everybody, it's Drew. And it's Blake. And you're listening to the Lock, Stock, and Two Spoken Controllers podcast. for a second. Hey everyone, we're going to be talking about a couple of things, but first let me go through our social media stuff real quick. You can type in the full name of the podcast, uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke Controllers, and you can find us on Facebook as well as a uh, Facebook group as well as on Spotify, which will have the podcast and a playlist consisting of all the songs that we've played so far that Drew keeps up with. And then with the word Two smoking controllers. You can find us on Reddit and Twitch. Mm-hmm. And with the number two smoking controllers, you can find us on Instagram. And that's also the Gmail. Yes. The you, can write, you can write in stuff to us. Write in questions and stuff. If we ever get anybody writing in any weird or, weird or funny questions, we might. I've thought about maybe reading them on the front end here, reading them on the podcast and answering retarded or funny questions people might have about the games we play or what we do in general with the podcast. That'd be cool. I mean, if anyone has any questions about starting their own podcast, we'll happy to help that too. Yeah, sure. We're not, you know, super great at it, but we're we're advanced enough that we can answer some starter questions, I'm sure. Yeah, well, that's not what the podcast is about, but... It never hurts to help people. Yeah. Uh, what else? I think that's it for all the social, isn't it? Kind of covered it. Yeah, I think I pretty much knocks everything out. Are you going to start streaming anytime soon? When I remember, sometimes I work on Mondays, sometimes I don't. Yeah, it just depends. Yeah, so we're we're not at a not doing good on the scheduling of streaming games, but we're also not good at streaming games. So it's a ongoing endeavor. I'll get better at it eventually. I promise. Yeah, that it. I think so. All right, well, that's the end of the podcast, everybody. We'll see you next time. Have a good night. All right now. <laughs> Uh, oh. So this is uh, you forgot on the first end. This is episode twenty nine. Yeah, episode twenty nine. So you know, I'll let you go ahead and start with what we're going to be covering on episode twenty nine. Uh, today's well, two games and a band uh, have an odd amount in common, I guess. Not, I mean, one one particular word in common. They're very, very bloody. Yeah. For, la- for no, not even, there's just bloody. They are a bloody good time, most of them. Our, uh, the first game we're going to be talking about is called Carrion. came out earlier this year, I think mm-hmm. June something, June 20th, June 23rd, yeah. and it 
is developed by Phobia Game Studios. And from my understanding, I believe it is a two-person team. It's a one guy who does all the creating and then another gentleman who did all the music. I think that was okay. it, as far as I could tell. Because they were kind of hard to, to find. All these independent game studios or smaller studios are hard to find a lot of information about. Mm. Especially with it being... Uh, for, not foreign because they're based out of, of Warsaw, Poland yeah. so it wasn't a whole whole lot huh. for me to go on as I said it was developed by Phobia Game Studios itself is it's like a what a side scrolling so yeah we it is a side scrolling Metrovania which we talk about games like this that we normally hate because of uh one, there's a dime a dozen side-scrolling games in platforming, and I really hate platforming. But, as we'll talk about, uh, Carrion is a side-scrolling Metroidvania, which uh, Metroidvania are the kind of games, if you've played a Metroid, that's where the name comes from, a Metroid, is you have only so many abilities, and you get and, and, and areas of the map are locked behind needing of other abilities. So you have other, you get, you get your new abilities and you come back. That's what Metroidvania means, if you don't know what that means. But Carrion does away with platforming completely due to the way you uh, move about the map. You try to explain what you are. It's kind of hard to explain what you are. Uh, it's classified, the developers and a lot of game reviews classified as a reverse horror game. Yeah. Where you get to play as the abominable creature that has been broke free in a laboratory a secret government laboratory and you're trying to kill everybody but in this case you're trying to get out yeah you're, you're tired of being held in captivity is what it there's, there's literally no dialogue yeah, no dialogue no voice acting uh all the plot and stuff you kind of gather you kind of gather on the, the visuals of the around the around the map and stuff it happens like that. through like these weird flashback oh, yeah there's the fl there's like three flashbacks though because what happens is you're a um Amalgamous? That's the right word. A, a, just you're a you're a blob of flesh and tendrils. Yeah. Basically, a a culture <laughs> or I something. Guess. It gets compared to uh, the thing quite a bit. Uh, yes, I could see that a whole whole lot. So as you go through the game, you're just a wee little blob with tentacles, probably roughly the size Teeth. of the size of a human head, maybe a little bigger than that. Bigger, bigger, maybe, you start out about the size of a Small Maybe a smaller than a, a little smaller than a human being. Mm -hmm. And as you progress through, like Drew said earlier with Metrophenia, you get several different abilities, including uh, growth. Like you yeah. grow yeah, well, massively. You get, get to the, how the how you actually move because you're not you're not running and jumping. Oh yeah, depending on it looks really cool. Whichever direction you're pointing your uh, analog stick is, you have these. Uh, you kind of lash tendrils in, in, in the direction and you pull yourself forward. Or sometimes he'll like Spider-Man swing across a large open room. Yeah. And it's, it's really cool. And it makes well, you're not even, so it's, it's weird cause you're not, you're not really uh, having to worry about controlling a swing. You're it's kind of free movement because the way your tendrils lash out automatically and grab onto your environment you kind of just move the move the analog stick around, and you're kind of it's it's like flying, but it's tentacles attaching to everything. Like you have free, completely free movement. Yeah, because because you, uh, you can you can jump into the middle of a middle of an open room and just stop in the middle of the room. That is true. And hold your and hold your and try to hold yourself still, and you kind of just kind of 
kind of swing back and forth and hold just, and then you can just jet off in any direction you want to go into. And you have pretty, pretty precise controls because you'd be swinging through a room at, I don't say breakneck speed, but you, you, you go and you get moving, you go in pretty fast, and you go, oh no, I need to go up, and so you could just boom, and he'll just turn on it and just yeah. whip up, and it's he's, it's what's quick. It's very responsive, moving controls, hundred percent. Feels like most of their development time would have would have been making sure the way the way this thing moves is precise and quick, and it's the most important thing I feel like in the game is probably movement. So, as you're progressing through, it's. It has stealth elements at yeah. first, and then not. Because the stealth doesn't work super great a lot of the time. Yeah. I found myself patiently, or usually patiently waiting by a door. Yeah. And then as the opponent, the enemies walk towards a door, I just grab the door and then just throw it into the room and use the door as a... Yeah. Cut people in half. It's just a battering ram knocking people left and right so the game is violent but uh they do they do the the popular thing these days and i guess it's easy for small developers it is a pixelated uh graphic style mm-hmm. but i think that uh barely takes away from the immense amount of violence this game portrays because uh, you are just a glob of blood and mass and grossness anyways everywhere you go you're just you just slinging blood all over the place, and every time you're able to get your hands or your tendrils, sorry, onto an onto a person or onto an item, you're you're just either ripping that person, literally ripping the person apart, and eating them and chomping down on them, and just blood's flying everywhere, or you grab onto a door or a, or a grating or any kind of you can grab onto lots of things in, in the place and just chuck them at people, and it destroys human, be- human beings. Oh yeah, that's that's even when you're when you're small, when you're a small little creature. The the only thing I really just didn't enjoy is how overly prepared the humans were for you. Yeah, the only, only reason I think they could explain it is that they they worked in the lab. Maybe they knew what they were doing. They had been because exp- there is no time frame. Like, like we said, the story there's flashbacks of you being captured, but there's no flashbacks. You being captured? I think it's just flashbacks of a dude of a dude running it coming coming into the lab. I didn't understand the flashbacks. Oh, the flat. Uh. I don't know if I want to ruin what little bit of story there is. Yeah. The flashbacks aren't necessarily about the little creature, are they? I wouldn't gather that much from them. The, the three of them, it's kind of like nonsense, nonsense. And then in the last one, it all makes a little bit of sense. Yeah. I, I wasn't playing this for the story. Oh, no. It's just a bloody good time, really. Yeah, because you, as you uh, advance, you get other abilities, which some of the abilities weren't. Some of the upgrades are just uh, you start just getting more tendrils, and you're and the tendrils are are fairly automatic. And you're just kind of picking a direction and like hitting the button and like the, flinging the yeah, the attack button, right trigger, right yeah, bumper. And you're just flinging when you have. Uh, I think you finally get up to three tendrils, and they and they grab multiple people or multiple items. And then when you're grabbing with the tendrils, you control those with the right stick, and that's when you grab. Uh, which is fun when you grab a person. And it, it, normal people, you just kind of splatter them all over the place and then soldiers you can just grab them and you start i like just rotating the right stick and you're literally just uh like it's like ceiling floor ceiling floor ceiling floor, and you're like rotating them and then just bloody it's just like splattering people all all around you you can cover you can walk into a very 
what's I'm looking for? Like a very like medically sterile room with like stainless steel and and white paint everywhere. And then when you leave that room, it's all it's just red. Yeah, it's covered. And the game, uh, I guess it's due to the graphical style. It uh, and the, I guess the need is we'll get to the need for having somebody somebody stick around is that the game remembers uh, everywhere you've been. So the gore in the game remains. It not only does it remembers everywhere you've been and exactly how that room was. Yeah. Seems to be. Doors stay open or doors are gone and well, bodies. There's some if there's you, certain soldiers you can't consume and you kinda need them later. Yeah. But like if you break a grate or break a door, I think like one or two hits it just kinda breaks and fades away. But like the this the soldiers and most machinery stays well no machines blow up. Most of the soldiers and stuff will stay behind in all the gore. Like you walk into a room and it is just a blood spout. <laughs> yeah, like it's a wild. But you do get a neat, a neat ability because because it's sort of a spoiler for your abilities because most of the abilities are just violent stuff, like spikes and there's one shield thing which I feel like you get kind of way too late in the game. Uh, you need it quite a bit when you get it, um, but there's a shield like a, like you harden your body. There are mutations or something. You just you break into yeah. these DNA containers, and you just absorb more DNA and get more abilities. So there's that, and there's the the spikes. You shoot the spikes out, and then the most important one is when <laughs> you grab hold of people and you uh, infest them. Kind of like the thing, mm-hmm. and you take over their bodies, and you can take over any, any any human you come across. You could take over their body. A cool thing about that is sometimes because you control them with a t- with a single tendril and you're walking them pat you know through some stuff and you can have them uh turn against their people and start gunning down some of the other other the soldiers or the, the flamethrower soldiers yeah and then one of the cool things is you actually have to use it a couple of times because you're you cannot get to where you're going other than like a tiny vent you can't fit through but a single tendril will mm-hmm. you can once you've killed everyone in that room with the soldier you can like activate your ability again and you'll slowly feed your entire body through, oh, yeah, through the human. and then explode the human <laughs> into yeah, it's crazy. bloody bits yeah it's it is it's a very it's a very fun game it just again the problem with a lot of these is i i shouldn't have it should have started out hard and then got progressively easier, I feel, because you were unlocking more abilities. But every time you got a new ability, they're like, okay, here's a flamethrower. Here's someone in body armor. Here's flying drones. Here's a walking mech. Yeah, the drone. Yeah. I feel like the drones were the worst. The mech, the the mechs, I were worried about at first. But once you can get around the mechs, uh, you can you can grab them and just tear them apart. Once, once you get a little bigger. You get a little bigger. So there is three sizes. And they, you actually just get your sizes based off how, how, much, how many people you eat. Yeah. And you get bigger and bigger, and uh, and the one thing I got confused in, and I eventually learned what was happening is your uh, ab- other abilities are tied to the shoulder buttons, but your abilities change depending on what size, what size you are. So you actually lose and gain abilities, but you can drop your size. You you can drop your size back down by entering these um these purple pools, like biomass pools, or yeah. Something. And you go into the pools, and you can like just let off, and you, you just release one one size of what you have. You can come back and just eat your mass back. It's real gross. Yeah, it's very gross. So you go through places, and when you need certain, like you're like real, you're real big, but you need to get, but you need a, the ability of a of the small one. Like this, one of the small abilities is a uh, cloaking, which is kind of neat uh, and, and useful for certain parts. But you can't, the big guy can't do that. So you uh, uh, go drop your mass off. 
and then the but the big guy has the uh the big spike attack, the huge big spike attack. Yeah, and, I and think the he, armor. And the armor only on him. I forget what the middle tier does. The middle tier has the uh he has like the shoulder the shoulder bash the shoulder and he bash. can knock out some of those things and yeah. the he has like a uh a single lunge spear that he can stab in things and rip out like you rip out like the wooden crates and stuff. You can do that. That's the same as the spiky thing, isn't it? Ish, yeah. But different weights, I guess. It's all about your mass and how heavy you are for a lot of these things and some of the uh, puzzle solving that's involved. And you'll be seeing, like, obviously, like as a Metroidvania, you'll be seeing things you, like, don't know what it is or can't understand how to get through it. And you're like, I guess I'll be back here at some point. But I feel like when you get the when you finally get the abilities you need to go get, there's these special, the, the containments, like they're like these added abilities, which increases your health and some increase your little, you have like a energy bar, which is what you need. You need energy to, uh, to cloak. You need energy to uh, shield and stuff. Shield all takes energy, but those containment units have the, you know, extra energy, extra health, uh, fire, fire resistance. resistance is a big but one. By the time you get the abilities to go back and do those, you're kind of at the end of the game. And a lot of them, yeah. You're really at the end of the game, and uh, a little spoiler here: there is no major last fight, which I, which I found odd. There is no, there's no big final confrontation in the game. You just kind of, because I ended up going around to the end, and I got all the collect, all the extra stuff, and I had all the all these all these. I was all powered up, and then you just kind of leave. You get your final ability. We won't spoil the final ability, but uh. And then you get to kind of. And then the game ends. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's not no big... I was expecting to walk into a room just full of mechs and flamethrowers. Because that, I mean, that's all the... Really all you fight, obviously. Though it sort of makes sense considering that by the time you get to your final area, you've cleared the entire laboratory, the entire yeah, base. Like, there shouldn't be anyone realistically alive. Because you've killed probably everybody. Everybody's dead, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't spawn new enemies. Yeah, yeah, it does not spawn new. If enemies. you kill everything in an area, it's clear. So when you go back for you go back for those extra extra items, you those containment units. Mm-hmm. When you go back, everything's dead. It also helps. Eventually, I, I started too late with. I didn't do a guide at first, but uh, I guess if you don't want to use a guide, it's not necessary. But if you don't want to use a guide, then uh, finding alive people means you're probably going where you need to go. Because <laughs> when you go backwards, true. everything's dead. Which I, th- I, I I thankfully I appreciate games that do. Something like that. There was a game I played a long time ago. This isn't exactly related, but it's on that same mindset as uh, Zombie U, which is now on Xbox and PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And you go through a, a place in Zombie U, like a, there's like a convenience store, and you kill a bunch of zombies, and you go back to your base, and you come back, and the place is just full of zombies again. I was just like, come on now, let me let me clear, let me, let me make, clear this out. I mean, let me make progress. And, you know, uh, and like maybe it's like a safe, you know, expand my safe zone, maybe. We're, and then it, and at that point you figure out it's a few hours in you're like then hell there's no point in me killing anything we, we, we did that fairly recently well we we're still doing that yeah we did that fairly recently in the game we were playing right now Youngblood yeah Wolfenstein Youngblood you go uh, through a whole area wipe out all the Nazis in, in the hospital and you're like cool get all your collectibles and everything do your mission leave and then you get like a side mission that says hey Go back to the hospital, and when you go back to the hospital, it literally just spawned the that's, exact same enemies. Well, yeah, that's probably just spawning them because the quest activated, which is kind and of annoying. No, because I mean, when you can, 
walk you go into main square walk down this alleyway to an area come back to the main square north out of the quest and all the enemies have just respawned yeah but I just find that this is not very common actually that's why I appreciate that little thing about carrying is that when you you kill everything if you ever if you're running around and everybody's dead you find one little dude crying in a corner I mean you gotta you gotta kill him you just missed him he's he's not gonna live a happy life yeah, he'd be psycho psychologically scarred for all eternity. So you might as well misery. Yeah, it's a mercy I'm, not, I'm not sure. I wish I, I wish the game would tell you at the end if you if you hundred percent killed every human being in that facility or not. Yeah, because <laughs> they do they do run and hide. Uh, some unfortunately you do find some in bath bathrooms. Yeah, the uh, out of respect for not, I actually did my best to not kill people who were drop trowel in the bathroom. I slaughtered everybody. I was like, you know what? I'll wait till you get out. And some of them just cowered in there. I'm like, you know what? That's you have, your you fault. have regular scientists and you have people with pistols, which actually fire at you. They still kind of run when things get wacky. And then you have soldiers who just shoot at you. Uh, they have like, when you're slaughtering the, the innocents with unarmed innocents. That's where the things can get pretty hilarious. And just the, the sheer amount of violence you can do, because, because you got to think of, uh, we mentioned the speed earlier in which you move, and that that goes to small, medium, and your large size. And you say you're on a, a room or like or a set of bathrooms. There'll be a couple of people inside inside the bathroom, who are like two maybe at the sink, or whatever like that. And there'll be a guy in the in a stall. And you could, it's hard to to, to like put words into the speed in which you can burst into a bathroom with, with all your mass and grossness and just tendrils flying and grabbing bodies and smacking and grabbing and eating and then this amount of slaughter and destruction of doors flying off hinges and the one guy in the back in the toilet standing up like what's that and what's that noise and the time before you even it's just like smear seconds before you reach him he find he can hear because because your the audio is a part of the game that he hears you slaughtering the other two and like two seconds later you're because the stalls are just lined up and you got to bust through all of them and you grab him and it's just <laughs> You grab him and you're just slamming him all over the place. This the it well, the sheer what, brutality well, that you can. I, I like the. Uh, I can't. There's another game I felt like had this, but like the, it's like the sheer rush of violence. Like you can go from quiet, quiet moments, or you just kind of, kind of zipping around a little bit. You kind of it's quiet, quiet, looking around, don't know where you're going, look around. All of a sudden, you see some people, and it goes from dead silence and quiet to just rip roaring violence and screaming and gunfire and everything like that and then like a few seconds a few seconds later it's just like you're when you're back down everybody's dead you're just like all right time to move now on which direction do i need to go again where was i going <laughs> i will say some of the fights are difficult just period just it's situation sometimes you just get a bad i think the hardest thing in the game is the not the big not the big fat drones because you just grab the big fat drones and you bang them on the ground but a lot of the time with most of the things you fight you just if you get if you can get your hand tender on it it's done yeah it is dead so you are powerful but there's these little there's these uh like swarms of mini drones that just fly into you and they just like i swear it's just like i think they just fly your, with your propellers if you hit them with just, your spider web you stun them you gunk yeah, up their fans. Yeah, but there's like 15 of them at a time. Yeah, and they, and, they, and they just shred. I died more times from the tiny drones than I died anything else in the game. Mm. I guarantee it. Like, I mean, because you, I mean, the flamethrower guys are some. Most of the time, they're near water, and even anything else, they're still just humans. You either wait till they're not facing you and grab them and slam them all over the place, or you take them over and uh, kill his friends. And when you exit somebody who you possess, they die anyway. Very true, and again, sometimes there are difficult rooms, and the uh, and the game. Well, they will put they will put everything into a room. 
and the game uh, the save points heal you the checkpoint save points will heal you as long as you haven't dropped off a biomass nearby because they won't want you to like create an infinite supply of biomass It'll, it'll give you biomass sometimes, but if you if you if it's I'm in the same, sure, I'm not sure the criteria of it giving you biomass. If I'm, I'm honest, because sometimes you go to a save point, I'd be near dead and little, and I'd touch a save point and I would fully heal to big, and I'm like, okay, and then and then I'd be, or I'd be medium size. I touch a save point and like like a medium size and missing like two little bars of health, it would heal my two bars of health and it would stop. Probably because I think it has a lot to do with because there might be a biomass pool nearby, I think. Yes, the game doesn't explain that, though. No, it, it really doesn't. It's just up to you to figure out. But I've literally gone into a room that was a bunch of flying drones, killed the drone, ran back down another screen to the save point, came back up, killed the dr- killed the yeah. second drone, and I that, would just... That's the... Uh, some What does it call that? Guerrilla warfare, guerrilla tactics. tactics. But, but, but that, that, that also applies to the finite number of enemies in the game. Exactly. That does work. You can kill one enemy, run to a save point, run back, kill another one enemy, run back to the save point, and that works. It's a viable strategy that I used a lot. Yeah. Uh, all in all, the game's not very long. It's like, what, 10, 12 hours? Yeah, maybe, maybe less, depending on whether or not you decide. Because I end up trying to end up using a, a guide to help point me in the right direction. And I did like the game. I feel like it... We, me and we talked about this off podcast about... How game how it's weird how games are depending on the length and uh, fun factor and game type is that I could play uh, whatever I'm at like 140 hours of No Man's Sky and I can really turn it on anytime and run around and find something to do and be fine, but I'm eight or ten hours into carrying which I do like carrying, but I'm at eight to ten hours of carrying I'm like I need this to wrap it up. Well, I think it has a lot to do with. Um, I can carrying being almost like a one trick pony. Like it has a gimmick. Yeah, which just being a crazy, crazy monster. It has a single. I mean, immediately you, you get a bunch of availability, but the single gimmick is you're a cool monster blob, and you get to go through a giant secret laboratory and kill everybody. And you know, yeah, maybe more story would have helped. But how much more story do you need? Either more story, or maybe you just trimmed it up a little bit, like. Oh yeah, we didn't need all those areas. Definitely not. No, the game could have been, uh, the game could have been smaller. Like it's not. That's it's, that's what I'm saying. It's weird because is size is size an issue or is it like because like by the end of carrying, it was maybe ten hours, maybe between ten and twelve. And the last, I mean, going around and gathering because we we did both get all the achievements because it's the the game basically if you get all if you get all the containment containment units which is all the special. Uh, bonuses, which is the, the uh, you know the, the help, blue containers, the blue containers. There's only nine of those. Each of those is an achievement. Every three, every three is an achievement, and then all maybe I guess. Mm-hmm. Every three and then all. And then if you just do the rest of the game, I think the rest of the game is it just gives you all the achievements. Because you have to go, th- you have to basically each of, the, each of the three flashbacks, and then is an achievement, and then you clear each area, or you it's either you clear the area or you break into an area for you breach the uh, the underwater lab, you breach the Automated, automated, uh, whatever work line or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So we, we we did both 1K it, but to 1K it, I had to go around and do the containment units, which were when I've got got the the additional abilities you need to get into the areas. Like I was just, it was just like added time that I didn't need, and to make it more difficult, which I mentioned this earlier, is the the major flaw that this game has is there's no map. Yeah. Yes. 
And I find that quite, uh, it's weirdly unnecessary that they don't have a map. Maybe they try to, who knows about the develop? Maybe they try to defend it because you're just a blob. Why, why, why would a blob have a map? I was like, all right, we're not, we're not going for realism here. Give me a map. At the very least, it, it does it, it give me like a, a sonar echolocation, some sort of well, any anything ability would matter. to have seen I mean, any any anything, but you have nothing. Or at the very least, cool, you're you're a blob. You can't d- discern a map because you're just out killer instinct. As you go through, let there be like a giant map on a wall, just as a poster in the background saying yeah. you are here. That way, you as the player can be like, okay. And it doesn't break you out. It does. It's not like yeah. It's not like a giant blob using a computer going. Hmm. Where am I at inside this computer facility? Yeah. It just like you know, kind of like a little, <laughs> just a map. Anything would work. So I recommend even if you don't want to, because there is that there is a there is a word guide where a guy a dude would literally tell you where to go, uh, when to go there, and how to do it all. The game's sort of free form yeah. to an extent. You can kind of run all you can run all over the facility. Uh, certain doors are locked and you can get around them and other things happen to making it. So it's kind of free form, but I recommend Googling the map. Yeah. Somebody, I don't know who, I don't have to give credit to them, but you can Google and you can actually have on your phone or on your tablet and you can have a map of the entire game. <laughs> and you won't believe how much that makes a difference when you're, when you're trying to figure out how to get to somewhere. Cause I will, cause I did it all, all, all of the game by myself, you know, with a guided map. And near the end of Drew's, cause he he was getting kind of tired. So you of, did all, I did the whole game all by myself with a guide and a map. Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't have like a like what this. I say that because for you, during the last little bit when oh, you I were was collecting, burnt, I was burned out. Yeah, Blake did a couple like like two of the containment things. I well that, and I also literally because it was kind of late at night, and I I, oh, yeah. I was oh, going to go to bed, but I, so I literally pulled the uh, the map up on my phone and I was like north north east east a uh, north east south okay you should be you're what you're looking for somewhere in this room yeah, I was, and I, I was, was just like a couch side navigator for yeah him. I was driving mean, I, I don't know I'm lazy and I was drained at that that's that point where I'm at that final mark of the game where I just I, I need it to end and that's that's kind of why it's okay there's no final balls because once I got the containment units you just finish the you last just, little you area. You just leave out. Yeah, you kind of leave. I mean, there's some stuff that happens, but there's no big, there's no final anything. You just kind of do a little story, little beats, do a little thing, and you walk out, and then the credits start rolling. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But uh, doing that last few bits was where it really starts to drag, I feel like. Maybe if you got a good memory and know where each of these things are, because there is a like these big computer screens that when you leave an area, like you burst out of these areas, these tubes and stuff, and there's like computer screens, and they tell you if you've hundred percented, it's like hundred percent of a uh, whatever biomass. Oh, maybe that maybe that was telling you if you killed everybody. Yeah. You think that was counting humans? I, I mean, I think biomass it, consumed. Do you think that was humans? Oh, I didn't think about that. That might be. It was, there's a biomass. I think it says biomass consumed. Or I don't know why. Why, why would the computer tell you that? That makes no sense. But it would also anyway. Sorry, gave you three categories. There's three for, things. Yeah. Yeah. For the collectible, the blue collectible. If you had uh, unlocked that containment unit. Yeah, it's on there. And then if you had breached it, breached it, which meant like you finished it. Mm-hmm. And I think the other one was biomass collected. I think the biomass collected was the story lined um, DNA sample. I think Maybe. that's what that Maybe. is. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, maybe it was. There's not a whole, whole lot of tutorialing in the game. Really. It was really not. It kind of just cuts you, cuts you loose because your buttons are on the screen anyway. Yeah, it, it is a very uninvasive hub. Like they're literally yeah. just sitting in the corners as 
Yeah, where you know, your shoulder buttons are. I assume this is maybe on PlayStation as well. It, it's on everything, if I'm everything, not mistaken. Everything, okay. It's Switch, on... Switch, everything, PC. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything. So, I assume that maybe if you have a better memory than me, that you would be able to, if you or if you played a lot of Metroidvanias, you would kind of know where where stuff is locked behind and what thing what, what, what the thing looked like you couldn't get there's it's only like certain door types uh certain things you can't break and then, then there's these plugs maybe when you if you remember well enough or maybe you take notes when you play a game i don't know that you that maybe you wouldn't wait till the very end of the game to go collect all the containment units maybe you'll know like oh i got that power i can run back over here to the who knows what the labs are called botanical just, garden botanical gardens i can go get that Containment unit real quick, and I'll have some fire armor. Who like who knows what if you can do it? There's a like uh, or an optimal path. I bet there's I bet there's an optimal. I bet there is. Cause there's a because you're very free. The game's very free form, but I, I bet there's an optimal path. Because I literally just gathered all the collect all the containments and left. I mean, I know, I know I'm, I'm repeating myself, but I, there was no real reward besides getting all the achievements. There was no I didn't get to I didn't get to use the advanced health, the fire armor, the extra energy. I, I used none of it because I was done. Yeah, yeah, like the the second half of the last area, uh, yeah, I'm like, oh wow, yeah. And there is a uh, in the somewhere near the middle of the map, there is a control room, which uh, also shares those same screens. You can go there and you can see it'll show you each of the area, like the the, the that same screen, so you can know where you need to go. Because believe me, running back and forth aimlessly across this map, trying to find every place you've been to. It could become rapidly tedious because how do you explain uh, when you go into a new part of the map the first time you uh, where you come out you don't you come out somewhere else yeah and to go back in there you don't go back into your original point you got to go back into the way you came out I know it sounds confusing but and that map has it all the entry points and exit points that map's really labeled pretty well the problem is the map's small so I recommend maybe a tablet. Or a laptop in, or something yeah. where you can zoom in a little bit. I had it on my phone. It was really hard to uh, see what I was doing. But I feel like overall it's pretty It's pretty cool. It's de- I mean, definitely unique. Oh, yeah. I mean, Blake played it first. I was, he was kind of more in, more interested at first because I had heard about it hitting. Cause we played it on Game Pass, of course. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, you could try it. And you let me know if it's if it's even worth touching. And he he he, he power like like smashed through like it in like two, two nights. Like two nights, maybe yeah. Three. Yeah, he's, he's like, nah, man, it's actually pretty dang, pretty dang cool. I, mean, I like did just, suffer from the same thing. I'm like, could have been a little shorter. They could have nipped some levels. It's like they didn't cut anything out. Yeah, and that's all. Everything, everything's in there. The whole, the whole game. There's no director's cut for this. Yeah, I feel like they, they could have cleaned up a little bit. They could have maybe uh, did something more with the ability. I mean, I mean it's the first game. It's just, this is the company's only game. As far as I could tell. Yes, it's not, a bad, I, it's not a bad first outing for a company at all. It's really not, not at all. It's very, very. It's actually a very solid launching point. Yeah, uh, I say, uh, yeah, that, and I'll say, uh, no glitches. No, I didn't have any. No glitches. Uh, no, 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 no frame rate drops. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's pixelated. Uh, pixelated. So I mean, consoles can handle it, but even even when you're rambunctiously throwing things and people are exploding and guns are going off and like there's no, the game doesn't stutter. I like I said I never glitched. I had no the game never crashed. I mean, that's just good programming right there. So they they know what they're doing. So I'll go give them kudos for that. The game runs basically perfectly. Uh, the controls are fine. There's no like I said there's no jumping to complain about. 
So you want you want to go somewhere, you just move over there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The only problem sometimes, the only thing that's an issue, that's just because of how the game is, is when you, uh, because you go anywhere on the map anytime, sometimes being the third form big, the biggest form, isn't always the best because it's kind of hard to see, figure out in your mass where your moving point is. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to cram yourself into a, a vent sometimes when you're gigantic. It's hard to navigate when you're the largest version of yourself if you're trying to do how like those pinpoint turns because you could be i'm trying to think of like some think of like four pipes intersecting at one point yeah. at a at a cross section and you're trying to make a turn you're, you're moving up from the southern one and you want to hit west but you move slightly too far up but your body thinks that you're at the top and you got to like back out and you got to do like a three point backup turn almost <laughs> yeah because you're so fig- large. You figure out where your control point is inside their blob. But it, as a whole, I say that it, it, it's definitely worth playing. It's definitely yeah. something. I mean, people, people never play anything like it, which is pretty cool. It's definitely something unique. I, I did have one thing I wanted to talk about on the front end, but I sort of kind of forgot. Yeah. Was yeah. the uh, about the music, the guy who did the music. Mm-hmm. I did, I did already find I did already find music before I got this game. Most of the music for this now I don't know what you're about to say, but most of the music for this is kind of just like kind of a droning horror is yeah. what kind of seems to be like moody droning horror for the whole the whole soundtrack. But I did I got some songs that I've obviously in editing I've I've been playing throughout or talking, which is a little it's a little sad because when I look when I because having played the game first and then looking up and finding this person who did the music and seeing everything this person has done mm-hmm. I was kind of disappointed in the music of the game considering yeah. everything it didn't that stand could. out to me well because I'm going to name off he has others but these are like the big ones that mm-hmm. he's done all the music for uh, God of War 1, 2, and 3 mm. he did the music for Mortal Kombat versus DC and Mortal Kombat 9 music for Bloodborne Overwatch Battleborn, Darksiders 1, Darksiders 3, Borderlands 1, 2, and Tales of the Borderlands, and Mass Effect 2 DLC and Mass Effect 3 DLCs. Only the DLCs. But he did the music so for all of those. Did any of the music on any of those games? We've played a lot of those games. Did the music on any of those games jump, jump out at you, though? So I, was no. running, I was running it through my no. head. I was running it through my head when you were saying it, Doug. It's like even, even Bloodborne. I mean, Bloodborne's a cool game, but. Just, Low gothic it's amb- melodic. It's, it's ambient. ambient stuff. But it all matches. Sort of. Overwatch is a weird one. Yeah, well, Overwatch and Battleborn. Poor Battleborn. <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 I guess I was thinking about like, naming it off like he, but he's worked on some cool stuff. Yeah. Maybe he's more of an ambience guy. Which, hey, that's fine. Like, yeah, that's fine. It's no not, one, not everyone can be a. Uh, oh, he's got some good paychecks in there. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> But not everyone can be that guy. Oliver from uh, Vampire and uh, yeah. Yeah. another one. Yeah, we, we we we've had him on two games. Yeah, he was he's a fantastic one. Yeah, mm, that about covers pretty much it covers it. Yeah, we we maybe spoiled maybe spoiled some of the we maybe spoiled some some of the power because there's no plot. So I guess spoiling is kind of the some of the abilities you get. We didn't spoil the final ability and what happens in the end. Or I, I don't really remember remember the flashbacks. I guess the flashbacks are probably the most story you get yeah. without any spoken dialogue. The only voice acting in the game is people screaming bloody murder. Is all you is all you get for voice acting? Because <laughs> the soldiers don't communicate like he's over there. They don't talk. 
I don't think they do. There's like some screams, some Wilhelm screams. But there's a lot of that. So they say there's all be, lots of people screaming and dying. That's mostly what they did. I'm, that's really all there is for that kind of stuff. So I think that pretty much. I'm never recommended. Uh, it's on Game Pass currently right now. I don't know. I don't want to date the podcast, but it's it's on Game Pass. It's been on Game. I think it launched on Game Pass, which is kind of neat. And I think even if you go buy it, I think it's only like fifteen be, or twenty bucks. Be, I don't think it's a whole whole lot. I don't think it'd be more than ten. I wouldn't pay. I wouldn't pay more than ten dollars for this game. You're, pay, you're paying about a dollar an hour. Yeah, I guess. And there's uh, I would say there's zero replay value unless you just want to f- zoom around the map and murder people. Uh, other than that, there's like no, there's no alternate endings or anything. There's no reason to really do it again. Not really. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't play it again. No, I'll no. tell. I'll tell all my friends and stuff to give it a go. Ones that I think would enjoy it at least. Yeah. But I won't play it again. Yeah, I think you told uh, Daniel to give it a whack. Yeah. I mean, he said he'd heard of it, and he was. And I told him that it was on all consoles, so he should be looking into it. Hopefully. Yeah. All right. That's a wrap up for Carrie, and then say give it a shot. And if you do, somebody tell tell us about it. Tell us what you think. Tell us if you thought we were completely wrong or completely right, or we have no idea what we're talking about. We're a bunch of noobs. Yeah. Anyway, you'll go on to the next game then? I do. All right. That's it for Carrion. You guys enjoy it. We're going to jump into our second game now. Also, a bit more on the uh, bloody, gory fun side. It's called uh, Man Eater. think may 20th may 22nd of 2020 it's available on, on all consoles as far as i can tell it's developer and publisher this time is a trip wire interactive they're a small group of 87 people out in roswell Ro- not new mexico but roswell georgia <laughs> so don't let that be famous roswell yeah i want to briefly talk about them in general they're actually kind of, kind of cool. They got their start as a bunch of, uh, bunch of, just a bunch of bros, just a bunch of friends, entered into a contest called the Un. Hold on, it was Make Something Unreal Tournament, and they m- completely modded un words, Unreal Tournament. They they were given complete control to mod it and make whatever they wanted. And they turned it into a game called Red Orchestra Combined Arms. And it was a total conversion of the 04 Unreal Unreal Tournament engine. Where they took the game, erased everything, and with what was in there, the source code, they created their own game. And they kind of turned it into a contest and won. A million dollar contest to where Unreal was like, we really like that. If we gave you more people could you turn that into a full-fledged game mm-hmm. and they're like yes mm-hmm. and so they actually created the red orchestra fran- red 
Orchestra franchise, and they've put out a, like three or four games under the Red Orchestra. It's like Red Orchestra, Rising Storm, and stuff. And they're I've never heard of it. I think it's it's it looked like it was mostly PC only at first. Mm-hmm. A lot of heavy mods and Steam, but they they're also responsible for creating a a bunch of other stuff. They're real heavy in the modding community, is what happened. But the fact that they ended the contest one, and the people were like, "That's great. Can we?" help make that better. They also went on to make something else. A, um, I've, I've heard of this, but I've never played of it. It's a, uh, a co-op first-person survival horror called Killing Floor. Yeah, I've played Killing Floor 2. was on PlayStation Plus. They're, they're responsible for Killing Floor. It itself is an offshoot of the engine of Red Orchestra. Mm-hmm. Which I, I think that's just kind of cool to see a bunch of just... They were just having fun. And they turned it in and they people really liked their idea and backed them and... I think it's really cool because they've been around. They became a studio in 2005, mm-hmm. and they've been making games fairly steadily. Not always stuff that I would enjoy, but they've been yeah. making games fairly. Killing, s- Killing Four was really just like a wave-based shooter. I yeah. played it one or two nights. It was on, I think I think it was free on Plus, and you're just fighting zombies and other kind of monsters and stuff just come running at you. And I just would play with some randoms online, and, and obviously it wasn't enough for me to go back to it. That I don't like that endless wave genre gaming. Yeah, but one one cool thing is the how Maneater came to be, mm-hmm. because the what's his name? His name is Alex Quick. Uh, he is the director and lead developer for Maneater. Before he did Maneater, he was actually he himself was working on another game called Depth. And it was uh, 4v1, similar to Evolve, except for it was four divers versus one shark, and you had to hunt for treasure. I heard about that game. Was it canceled? No, I, I think it came out. PC only? Mm-hmm. Because... Oh. Hold on one second. What is this? I'd like to translate his notes real quick. It says that Depth came out, and it was Windows only. It didn't hit. It was just Windows only. Okay. But what happened was it's a asymmetrical co-op divers versus four divers yeah, like versus shark evolver yeah something like that pretty much. But what happened was they had an expansion planned. Alex, the the dude, he 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 had an expansion planned, and he was talking it up with his group and everything. And they're like, "This sounds like something vastly different." And the expansion grew and grew in size, and then the expansion for depth, the DLC, became Maneater. Okay. And so that's kind of cool. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, I just kind of wanted to give that, that cool little story how just a bunch of dudes, well, not necessarily dudes, but a bunch of friends coming together, create mods for a video game, and go, you know what, let's just, for fun, let's just send this in and see what happens. Yeah. And winning, and then becoming real big, and then... Then creating a game studio and then making several games, like five or six games, mm-hmm. and then themselves like, doing additional work and helping on other games and stuff that they didn't put out, and then to be published and develop their own game. I mean, it's well, been fifteen self, years later. Publishing is pretty a big deal. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, I, now I don't remember, but I think this might be their first self-publish. I okay. think based off the money from everything else, and they're like, let's try something small. So, sure, let's try something small that's open world. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's it's a limited open world though. It's big. For those who don't know what Maneater is, 
It's an open world action pseudo RPG where you play as a shark that gets to level up and equip different equipments. Body parts. It's, Body, it's, yeah. it's like jaws, fins, tail, but it, it's like it's like RPG equipment in a way. It's not we say RPG, it's very That's why I said pseudo. Yeah, it's not super deep in that uh, there's only there's really only three three sets of uh equipment to actually equip throughout the but game. But it anyway. is a full set. It's jaws, full set. Yeah, it's five head, pieces. body, tail, and fins. It's five pieces. Of five each. pieces, and then you have additional uh, organs, they call them, that do other, other stuff. We'll, we'll get into that. They're your accessories. So the game itself uh, is initially, it, it, it's sort of presented as, when there's, when there's cutscenes, it's kind of presented as a, uh, like a, docu-series like a docu-series based on this one fisherman dude who his whole his whole life is his, his daddy and his granddaddy they all always hunted sharks so this guy is out here to find the the shark that killed his daddy which is the, kind of like the prologue he's out here to, to find the shark that did that so that's what the kind of what the prologue is the prologue is you take control of the the little shark and has the game kind of tutorial tutorials you is taking control of the shark when you you're kind of swimming around the first area, kind of learning the controls, and then you meet, you run into this guy. But it's, uh, but it when you're t- when it's when it's him, it's like it's like somebody holding a camera and they're like talking to him, and he's like talking at the camera, and it's like got like whatever channel on the bottom of the screen. It's kind of funny, and there's, there's it's kind of it's like check out new episodes of Man Eater Thursday nights at seven or yeah. something like that. There's not really any uh cutscenes with you as the shark per se like you're in the you end up being in the in the videos because of the stuff that happens but one of the cool things because the whole thing is uh presented to you as like a docuseries with a a narrator who voices over there think the narrator is a, a fantastic gentleman yeah. um oh my god what's his name a uh, chris parnell yeah you'll know him from a. Saturday Night Live. Well, that, but the biggest things these days, or two big things these days, is he uh, did Cyril Figgis in Archer, and then he goes on to play... Uh, He's a Jerry Smith. Jerry Smith in Rick and Morty, that loser of a dad in Rick and Morty. He does great, really fantastic voice acting stuff. Now, of course... He's in this as a voice, as a narrator, but he obviously nowhere near the writing of Archer or... Rick and Morty, but he mostly, uh, there's two things. He's usually saying random shark facts, which sometimes you're thinking about those shark facts. You're like, is that real? Yeah. He, <laughs> sometimes he says some things and other times he's just saying re- really bad one liner jokes. He is from, he is spouting some fairly real knowledge. It seems like, yeah, I guess without Googling it, some things he says are true. And then other times he's just, or it could be made up for the fictional area that, yeah, well, well, the, well, the landmarks is fictional, I assume. Yeah. There's there's a freaking Arrested Development reference in there. There's a few other references there, to other things. Because yeah, uh, the game is broken into seven areas yeah. that are semi-diverse. You kind of have like a little a little bay, a little cove area, and then you have like a swamp area. Well, you start in the swamp because you're because you're well. If we get you're kind of jumping around, but. Because uh, you do end up being a little shark. The whole point of the game is getting bigger. Well, so you do the prologue. It's not really spoiled. Who cares about the story of a shark game? You're the shark who killed dude's dad, and the the you, as a shark you jump. There's a cutscene where you, you you run around fighting the other other divers, and you end up jumping to the cutscene 
of the dude. What's it? Scaly Pete's the Scaly guy. Scaly Pete, that's his name. And you jump up there and you, uh, and he captures you, the, the, the shark that killed his dad. And he captures you and he's, uh, cutting her up. And to come to find out she, she's pregnant and there's a little baby shark, which ends up who you're playing as. And the baby shark flips out and bites his hand off. Yes. So he loses a hand in the opening cutscene. And, and when the game cuts back to you, he's like chucked the, chucked you out in the water, I guess, because he's pissed. And uh, there's a hand floating in, the, floating in the water and you swim by and you nom nom his little hand up. And then you, you take over as you're playing as the, the baby of the mama shark that he, he killed. So the sort of story... For your story is maybe getting revenge on him, or his story is he just wants to kill sharks, really. Well, basically, the story is uh, Bambi gets revenge. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> basically. Is the... So you do start off in the swamp as a little bitty uh, baby shark. It's kind of uh, interesting. Technically, you're a bull shark. That's the actual yeah. shark you are. Yeah, bull shark. Because all the shark-related shark facts he... he sp- sp- Spurts out says that Chris Parnell is all about like the bull shark and stuff the like bull that. Bull shark, what, what, how bull sharks, what, what they do, how they, they're not they're the, the garbage like, cans I don't, I don't of say, the I don't say mannerisms. I don't think sharks have mannerisms. But uh, so like Wake said, you do what you say seven areas, and they they do dif- differentiate, but not near enough. Probably not enough. Uh, you, do, I mean, it does start off in like some really, really like, like like a murky swamp, and then you get to where. Uh, another another kind of a bay area which is all trash because there's there's a lot of humans there and stuff like that and then you get to like a like a golfing resort which is kind of fun and pristine and, and kind of cleaner and so there's there's an advancement and you just see different parts of the world like it's a pretty actually the way the map is designed is actually pretty good it goes in almost a giant circle like a big circle if you if you're trying to do everything but you're really your main goal of the game is just to get bigger. And eat pretty much everything. Now you don't you don't have to eat everything because there's, there's fish and everything around the world. But you're trying to level up, get bigger, and get stronger. And eventually, there's different parts of the game you play through and you get to, and you see additional uh, inter- interactions and quote unquote encounters with uh, Scaly Pete as they get uh, progressively. Uh, I say funnier. Honestly, the game's not hilarious in any kind of way, but the the fights with him are. What what goes down with Scaly Pete's pretty entertaining. It gets it gets it gets ridiculous. So, true to open world fashion, which if this wasn't a shark game, Blake probably wouldn't be playing because he don't like open world games. There's like, it ain't like an Assassin's Creed uh, amount, but there is scattered nonsense to do. Yeah, uh, like I said, in the seven areas you have to go through, mm-hmm. each area has uh, up to I believe three collectible types you have license plates mm-hmm. which uh, those range from being in the water to like floating outside the water which <laughs> the game's obviously not scientific as you're sh- as you're a shark and you can double jump when you're out outside of the water so sometimes it comes from rocketing underwater and shooting up and then double jumping actually more than that sometimes you can just get to flap it in the air and fly a little bit and try to reach these uh, these license plates that are real high up in the air. Because you like double jump, yeah. and then you once you see the actual license plate, it kind of almost auto locks on, and you just keep mashing the uh, the, bite the bite button. He'll kind of like bite forward and in just kind of bite through the air until you get the uh, yeah so, the license plate. It's silly. It's a so, silly, so silly, silly. So there's the license plates, which are all all over the game, and getting a. Uh, 
getting all the license plates, like you do get like experience points for getting the license plates. And I think, are they one of the ones that you, if you get all the license plates in the area, you get something? I forget if, if they're one of those. The, the landmarks. You get the all landmarks. the landmarks. You get, because uh, there are three, we said the, the three sets. Should I, I'll give the names. Uh, there is a bone set, mm -hmm. a bioelectric set, and the shadow set. Mm -hmm. Doing all the landmarks in all the areas, you get the shadow set progressively as you unlock all the landmarks. Yeah, so what the landmarks are, you mentioned what they were. Yeah, the Landmarks is the second collective one. They're, they're these little signs, which is a little, little writing on the signs, I guess what it is. And you just chomp the signs and you get a little a snippet of dialogue. Like, it's usually like, they're landmarks. It's like something weird underwater or something up on just like statues or just any number of things. That's where they put a lot of the jokes. That's where a lot 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 of the references come from yeah it's just a lot of pointless references like there to is stuff. spongebob references there's a water world reference uh, arrested development mm -hmm. the references the abyss. The, the abyss is in there so just about everything i assume majority of things are just references there's just too many of them to know there's them all too many of them to know them all and some of them will i think some of them are references and i think some of them might be references to real things like real landmarks in the world because one of them was a slightly Two of them were slightly disturbing. One was like a uh, a mafia snitch graveyard where they just had a bunch yeah. of bodies tied to, to cinder blocks underwater. Yeah, that's cool. Another one was called like Lovers to the End, and it was apparently the most, what was it? It's like the highest tagged selfie spot for uh, scuba divers, and it's a, a, apparently a young couple drove off a, a, a pier and crashed their car, and they died holding hands, and their skeletons are still in the car underwater. I'm not real. Google that. I don't know if it's real or not. I don't know if it's real or not, but the way he talked but about the, it, it seemed like it could have been real. Yeah. So, and, the, the, so the landmark, as a the license plates can be sometimes difficult to get to. The landmarks, there's no challenge to the landmarks at all. They're either they're either underwater next to the actual landmark, you just chomp it, or they're on land somewhere. And you just chomp it on land. Now it's really easy to go on land. You can just hop along land and yeah. just murder murder things and chomp things. You have a limited amount of. You can increase it. You have you do have a limited amount of air, but you can actually expand that later if if you need to. Like well, as you get bigger, as you, you get, get more bigger, air anyway. More lung capacity. More lung capacity, and you can actually advance that with a, one of the one of the other organs gets you much more. Which you don't need it all that much because all you do is hop in there now, hit you know bite the bite the landmark and hop back to water, and you're fine. But you're surprisingly mobile on land, to a a comedic ex extent. Uh, it is really great jumping on beaches and places like that to grab and nom nom everybody. I feel like the best place in the game, there's an outdoor concert place. I, I thought that was the mo the best place where you hopped out and there's just a mob of people. It's like a disco techno thing. Yeah, and then you hop out and uh, that's one of the best moments of that. Uh, so that's just the landmarks. They're, they're not, they're actually really easy to get. And that's where, you know, if you want the references and the laughs, I guess. I don't think I ever laughed out loud too much in this game, if at all. I, I, I laughed, I not laughed out loud, but I was like, oh, I know that reference yeah. type thing. And I enjoyed doing that. And the other collectible are these things called nutrient caches. Oh, yeah. And there's these, there's these little boxes, these little white boxes, kind of like supply drops. And you, when you bite into it, it gives you like I think four or eight hundred. You get tons of experience from of the th of of the four experience types that you need. Yeah, I think I explained. There's a, there's four types of experience. Experience you use the four different types to level up the different the different types of equipment. So and that's really not that complicated. Yeah. So and the and the the nutrient caches give you all of it across mm -hmm. the board. 
you do end up with the game. When you're playing the game early on, you might think, oh, I'll, I'll never get all this stuff. There's more than enough. There's actually more. We'll get to that later in a minute. There's more than more than enough stuff in the game to max out your shark. Speaking of maxing out your shark and up, upgrades to the bodies and everything, one cool thing in celebration, because this game came out, like I said, earlier this year, but in celebration for Shark Week this year, uh, they actually released a free DLC called the Tiger Shark Body mm-hmm. that you can actually get from the very beginning of the game. Yeah, it's and DLC, it, you got to download it. Yeah, and it, it boosts the amount of experience that you get by, like, I'm not sure if it's times two or 1.5. I think it's one. Well, you can increase it because you, you can level the body up, too. Okay. So what's interesting about that, the time we figured out the game had DLC, the body was actually worthless because once you start getting – because your equipment has set bonuses. If you know RPGs, set bonuses. The more of a set you have, the better the bonuses. Yeah. So by the time we figured out that was a DLC, we were way beyond that. Yeah. But if you're playing the game for the first time and normally, you could start the game with the tiger body, and it's a long time. It's kind of a bit ways in the game before you even get your first other uh, another body. Yeah. So you can actually have that body pretty early and have a pretty good boost of nutrients or the different experience points. For a large, excuse me, a large part of the game, so it'd be a great, actually quite a useful DLC to have uh, from the fir- from the onset. I didn't even, I had no reason to equip it, equip it when I got it because I already had all the. We discovered that thing so late. I had all the sets of armor. I think all the all the equipment sets done by then. So it was like, oh, what a waste to figure this out so late in the game. Oh yeah, but it's definitely worth uh, downloading if you want a quick little uh, boost. The good, the good portion of the game because it's pretty I don't think not quite halfway before you get a, a one of the body sets it's one of the bodies there's only three three but in the third third or fourth area third or fourth area yeah unless so, so it'll be a while if you get a body and other than the other than the collectibles what are those little things you do the other events they have a name they're called they're called something else but population the, control yeah so other than collectibles, there's these th- other events called uh, population control. These are where the tedium really kicks in pretty hard. There's way too much of this, and it's uh, pretty consistently too much throughout the whole game, I feel like. Yeah. This population control is two things. One, it's go kill a certain amount of a certain animal, which is just swimming around, eat 15 turtles. Or seals. Or, or yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll pop up like three times. Uh, that's that and then there's go consume so many humans and there's about usually about three three or four of those so but doing those or how you uh, doing all the I don't think the collectibles matter but doing all the population controls is how you uh, summon each area's apex predator which is a super leveled up and usually super powerful version of one of the more powerful creatures in the area. I don't want to really try to spoil too many of the yeah, creatures. I don't, yeah, I don't want to spoil any of the there's creatures, no, really. Now, I think spoil, there's no wackadoo things. Like, everything's like a something you expect in the area. There's no aliens or any, any nonsense. There's no shark to pusses or piranacondas. Yeah, at, or least not in the, like at least not in the first Maneater game. Who knows if they make another one. I would love to play a shark to puss. <laughs> shark, uh, Maneater meets Carrie in the shark to puss game. That's what yeah. I want to play. Yeah. Well, speaking of carrying it, and we, we forgot to do the, like the graphics. Oh, yeah, yeah. The style of the game. It's more because it's not, this isn't a pixelated thing deal at all. This is a full fledged 3D, decent looking yeah. uh, game. I feel like maybe it could have looked better, but that's just me. They, they we're, went... we're, we're, pretty, we're pretty late into this console generation now. About to have new consoles. I feel like this game could have been 
And if it was their first time publishing and developing, maybe they kind of. I don't know money's a big factor on, on how on how much. Uh, the game doesn't look bad. Oh, not by at any all. Means no. like, and sometimes like you're underwater and it just looks beautiful. You get some of these like bioluminescent like plant life, and you're going yeah. through these like underwater caves, and it looks gorgeous. Yeah, it really it's not does. bad looking by any means. I just wish there was a. I don't know. I want to be wild by a ocean game. There's no ocean games out there. Echo the dolphin. That doesn't. You think Sega's going to wow me with an Echo the Dolphin game? Yakuza, bro. Is that an ocean game? No, they look gorgeous. If they can make Echo look gorgeous, I don't know. <laughs> so stupid. Um. So yeah, it's a full like it's like uh, it it uh. There's no. Uh, I guess the few human like you do see humans, you're chomping them down. But Skelly Pete. Uh, and then we'll get to the other hunters here in a second. Skelly Pete, I guess there's an art style. They get the sharks in the general wildlife. There's no, there's no, uh, they're not cartoons. They they look like yeah. real creatures. Now the the human, there's a style, I guess, almost like the best looking human is Scaly Pete. All the other ones are just like generic humans running around yeah. slaughtering. Uh, he's really the only one you see more often than not. There's now there are other uh, other lesser hunters. I say lesser, they're much harder fights. We'll get around to that right now. So when you go to, you'll start notice when you start killing humans, you have a an infamy rank, which I don't want to compare it to GTA stars because it's really not the same thing because your infamy doesn't go down. No, which is pretty cool. So your infamy, you start killing humans and you start getting noticed, I guess. And when your infamy thing fills all the way up from zero to one, it, uh, it starts bringing this boat shark hunters out. Now, this is where I feel like the game, and it's throughout the whole game now, from this point forward, the game becomes less fun, I guess I'll say, because you're not, unless I'm playing wrong, you're not terribly equipped to fight shark hunters very well in this game. Now, you you chomp on people and they die, but these people, uh, eagle eye vision, like they they, they don't, unless you're do- you have a dodge button, and on the mine's the right the right bumper on the console. I I'm surprised my right bumper works on my controller anymore so after I'm, after playing this game. I was right bumpering so much some of these fights. I thought I was right bumpering so much that my arm my whole my whole arm was hurting. The whole forearm from, from just railing on the right bumper, just trying to stay alive. Because the the if you're not dodging the 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 hunters do not miss. And you're fighting. 10, 15 hunters at a, at a time when they, oh, they're swarming on you on the boats. Even the first batch of hunters, yeah. even in the prologue, that for the prologue batch of hunters, I was like, wow, this game's actually going to be hard. Fighting any human was hands down the least fun in the game because I'm like, I want to go around and fight other sea life. I want to fight. Well, you do that too. Exactly. I'm just saying. That's what but, I wanted. I don't want humans. Yeah, so when humans get involved, the game does suck because there's nine levels of inf- infamy. 10. Yeah, but each one just levels up, and you and the only thing that really changes, you just fight higher level regular hunters, and you kill enough regular hunters or sink enough boats, and then like a like a oh, I don't legendary hunter or whatever that a, a not, famous one. Yeah, famous hunter comes in on a boat, whatever, and they got a, a, a special weapon, I guess. But what's funny about the special hunters is uh, it's often harder to get to them than it is to kill because they are just humans. So a lot of the times the hunter will show up. They have they have, they have a little splash screen, kind of like who they are, almost like the bosses in like Borderlands kind of. It just yeah. kind of splashes across the screen who they are, and they'll they'll talk a little trash, and then you'll swim over and then hop out, and you'll just nom nom them, and that, that fight's done. 
Yeah, they're like because they're they're just people. They're they are just people. They're like, watch out! It's Candy Cane Steve with his Hawkeye precision harpoon shooting, <laughs> and then like he's on the bow of his ship shooting at you. You just jump out of the water and you eat him because he's still just a human. He's just a dude, yeah. <laughs> and when and, so it sucks is getting to them is the hardest part because you have to kill and sink so many boats because like once you get the infamy bar to like the next number one. Uh, you have to like fill it up, fill up like the circle again to call the next hunter, the next famous hunter. And you have to kill, you have to, you have to fight. So the game is probably twice as long because of this. Literally, it's half of your game is probably f- pointlessly fighting hunters to get the big hunters to show up because one, there's achievements tied to them for me and Blake, and each of the, the famous hunters you kill give you an item for your shark. They, so they're the they're the, bioelectric. the their bioelectric set is hidden not hidden is, is locked behind the hunters, and then other random uh, a few different organs a few different organs is hidden behind them and of course experience and then achievements and stuff are hidden all all behind all of them. So that's really where I feel like the game uh, drags its heels pretty bad as human fights because they're they're just you'll know in the prologue when you fight that first batch of hunters and they're like pinpoint accuracy and they're, they they don't miss like they literally if you're not railing dodging they they never miss and they will destroy you between the rifles and I guess the harpoon guns if you hop onto a boat too close to a boat there's guys with shotguns and it, it's relentless it's ridiculous yeah it's way hard it needs to be and some of the other hunters have other annoying gizmos and gadgets gizmos and gadgets that are awfully prepared I mean they're shark hunters I guess so that's probably the biggest uh, the hunters are by by a long shot the biggest negative of the game. They make whole parts just un completely unfun. There's never fighting a hunter section or fighting hunters on a boat that's ever fun. It's it's just I don't know if they never no not even the first not fun. It's never fun fighting hunters. Um, if we're talking about some bad stuff, I have two other fairly big complaints for bad stuff and then we can get back onto some good stuff if you want i guess what i mean is not no you, you don't say anything tops out hunters right because well i said earlier when you when you're close to an item or an enemy your game will auto lock on mm-hmm. but you don't actually have a a lock on oh, button that's the big, yeah. and that would make combat much easier if you could just click in the right stick and yes. auto t- and so, target something, but you can't lock yeah, the on the game because you have because you're you're a shark and you're in water. It's you're basically you're basically flying. You have completely complete free motion underwater. That's that other thing too. I don't, I don't like. Uh, I'll, I'll mention that too. The same thing. Uh, controls. Uh, now we we're gonna complain about controls and stuff here for a minute, but the game is nearly the first of its kind. So I don't know how much you can complain about controls or if they could even change things and add to it. But the number one thing this game is missing is lock-on. and Because it does an auto-lock-on, or like if you click in it's the not, right it, stick, it'll not, reorientate not lock, toward no, an yeah, aggressive yeah, enemy. Yeah, that's all it But does. that's not... It's not a lock-on at all. And how it's, 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 it's unbalanced and unfair in that way because everything else in the game has perfect accuracy. To the point is when you're fighting hunters... There is, you see like a, a reticle, a reticile, however you want to pronounce the word. You'll see it kind of zzz, lo- literally locking onto you. And you have to dodge out of the way of it as it locks onto you. But they literally, you see them having a lock on. I'm like, why don't I get a lock on? Not even, well, that hunters is one thing, but even 
fighting other uh, other larger or, or same size as you aquatic creatures, they got perfect aim too. There's different things that ram you and bite you and grab you, and but they they don't have any issue nailing you. Yeah, none you whatsoever. Know? And some of the underwater combat can get kind of chaotic. But if all if I needed was a clicking in the right stick, just orient like turns your camera to the, the the closest lethal thing aggressive thing yeah and uh it seems to be i guess but like why can't i just clock, why can't i just click on the right stick and just lock on to that thing there's really i don't know if their developers have some excuse why there's no lock on but i don't i couldn't find no reason why there wouldn't be a lock on it would make make it so much better it would alleviate um, an immense amount of frustration when you're trying to figure out what is going on in combat underwater combat can be Disorientate. Sometimes disorient. you end up upside down and yeah. stuff. Yeah, but if, it, but if it would just orientate your camera to what you're fighting, it's so much better. Yeah, and then it's, you can just crazy. orientate yourself to the world after the fight. Yeah, and then another thing, which at least it's the same thing too. I don't know if it's the other thing, but I was going to say is that you have a, I guess it's, it's what they call it when sharks, when their fins are on, on top of the water, they call it knifing. Mm-hmm. It Knifing is automatic. And I don't like, you'll be so many times you're trying to do something or trying to do something else and your shark will, does, does the auto knifing thing or does latch to the latch to the surface of the water. It is so annoying when you're trying to fight something underwater. Because you have to do a whole other, a whole separate button press to let go to of the come knife. out of the uh, Yeah, you, the press, you press X to dive. I was like, why can't I just press X to knife and unknife? No, can right. I can I swim near the surface of the water and hit X to just uh, the knife? And then X again to not knife? Why is knifing got to be automatic? Especially when you almost never want to, almost never really want to do it. It doesn't serve a purpose. You think? I think you said you may swim swim a little faster if you're traveling somewhere. You may be a little faster when you're knifing. But like, but after a certain point, we didn't talk about this earlier. But the grottos, your hubs for each area. Yeah. Once you unlock a, a grotto, which is where Fast you to it, which is basically think of it as like a I don't want to give it too much credit, but as like a bonfire from a Dark Souls. So that, that's where you go to that upgrade. Much, yeah. That's where you go to fast travel. That's where you go yeah. to to up. I guess that, to, and I to guess, equip I guess everything. That is a bonfire. I guess bonfire is a good reference underwater. That's how you equip all your stuff, upgrade your stuff, and fast travel. Yeah, that's true. And that's it true. heals you. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't heal you. But there's so many things. You sure, can, that sure don't hit you? It doesn't. I I tried to do it the carrying cheat during in the middle of a um like a massive infamy boat hunt and it don't work. Yeah. Okay. Well. But good way. news is, thing things won't follow you in there. Yeah. Well, very rarely. Like if if an enemy think. is charging you, and you're like at the entrance and it goes behind you, it in there. But if you swim in there, most things won't go in there. Because yeah. it's your safe. It just gives up. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the, the knifing thing I was very annoying, and the fact you do get to go faster while you're knifing is cool. But then once you unlock so many grottos, you can just fast travel. Yeah, and the but knifing just imagine trying without lock on. You're, you're in the confusion of fighting something underwater that has no trouble finding you because it's AI controlled. You can't lock on, and you're you're nom nomming and dashing and doing all this stuff, and every every couple of seconds. You're just you're just you're just knifing in the wrong. You're like you're knifing away from the fight. Like you get too close to the surface, and all of a sudden you're just you're just you're just running off in the wrong direction because you touch the surface of the water. Like it's just it's just a little thing that one is easily easily fixable. Help me, you, hell, you could patch in pressing X. Make it an option. Yeah, or even put it in, put it in the options auto knifing. Yeah. On Turn off. it off. Turn it off. You know, I swear you could patch it in. And you could patch in a lock on. Now there's got to be some other reason they. Maybe they have some reasoning behind it. But those two things, which are 
you think are small, but they grind at you the entire game. Like, you need lock-on in the first hour of the game. And you're like, why can't I lock on? You're hitting all the buttons like, why can't I, why can't I lock on in this game? Because it's, it's it gets too open. It's, the, the combat's too three-dimensional. Like, you're, like there's no... There's no but, I would say as a, they could do it as a free DLC patch. Is make it one of the organs or something. A patch and a lock it. Lock yeah. on. Just have locking on in the game. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know. It's just such a strange thing. Really, my the biggest complaint that I had when we besides the because you mean locking on and the and so imagine the the locking on and the auto knifing make fighting hunters even harder. Yeah. Without having a lock on. Cause it's I'll not. be glad even if you can't lock on to a human because maybe locking on to a human was maybe too powerful. You at least lock on to their dang boat. Because I tell you right now, it's not like they were going for realism. Yeah, and knifing there is no benefit to knifing when you're fighting hunters. None. It makes you you're just a blatant freaking target. Yeah, like, because you can't you can't dodge. You can't do anything while you you're can, knifing. You can you can I think you can yeah you can dodge. Oh, well, I mean, I mean it's, it's not, not as good as the underwater yeah. dodge or the or the one where you're flipping through the air. So there's really no benefit to it. It's such a, such a negative. It makes some parts harder to play. But those are like the main the main thing that you'll experience right away. You'd be very concerned of why you have no lock on to certain things. And then the knifing the knifing drove me nuts in the opening area. Yeah, but I mean, you kind of get used to it. But it's nah, dude. I was I was I was still late late game hit, hitting the hitting the top of the water, being like seriously. Come on now, I'm like. And, and you would think the game would, the game knows obviously knows when you're in combat and the game knows what you're fighting. If I'm fighting something underwater, why would I want a knife? Or at the very least, if I'm in combat... Deactivate knifing. Deactivate knifing. Boom. They could patch that in. Yeah. In combat, knifing is inexcusable. It's, off, it's just off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We're not game developers. What do we know? Yeah. But we know what works and what don't work when you play a, the game, a game all the way through. Now, I do have one last negative. Oh, God, it's Palamon on a game we actually liked. Because I mean, I've really enjoyed the game. And this, well, this isn't, the, I mean, it's the game's fault because it did do it. But I have a hatred for this particular. Uh, Is this something that appears in multiple games? It, it, types it, of games that I hate more than anything. I know you hate open world games. Well, it's not open world games. As we said earlier, that this was an RPG that you oh, level yeah. up. Uh, oh, there is man. a level cap. A hard and early one. Early one? Early. Oh, early. I was like, what the, what's an early? <laughs> yeah, the level cap, is, but I do, it is a nice round number. Yeah, but it's, it's, you, your level cap is level 30. Yeah. But because you still get to upgrade your equipment and everything, and that's how you do technically get strong by upgrading your, some of your other equipment. But the annoying thing is, cool, if you want to make the game more challenging, if my level cap was 30, then every now and again I was fighting, let's say, level 32 or 35. Or the last boss would be level 35. Yeah. Now, when you cap at level 30, when you cap at level 30, you're probably... I was still two whole maps away from being that. Being the Two whole maps, including when you, when you look at the, the main map, the whole bottom part is like called the gulf, which is kind of the ocean-y part of the game. Mm -hmm. I had majority of the gulfs of the do. And the one really pointless side of the, the part of the city where there's no storyline. Yeah. And all of that to do, and the, most of the gulf to do, and I'm, I'm level 30, I'm done. And I, that means I don't want to do any collectible because it doesn't... Yeah, because they're still getting... I mean, it, it gives you stuff to upgrade your equipment and everything, but it's just kind of annoying. But when you're immediately like... Because there's like nine whatever ranks of hunters, mm -hmm. 
and you're about halfway or three-fourths of the way through the hunters, and they're already level 40 and 45, and the last, the last two batches of hunter are level 50, you're like, why did I cap at 30? Well, heck, some of the uh, apex predators you encounter, like, oh, yeah. like your final apex, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but the final apex predator that you fight, it's level 45 or 50, right? Yeah, yeah, by a long shot. And the final boss is like 50, yeah. And the, like, the enemies cap at 50, but why do, why do you cap at 30? Yeah, it's dumb. It's like, what in the world? It's like they didn't balance out the uh, the latter half of the game. Now, you do, uh, we, we talk, we might talk about it on off podcast, but there is because there's, there's different growth sizes. It's kind of how, I don't, I don't say it's a Metrovania, but there is uh, the only thing that's locked behind in this game, the open world, are locked behind the size, the age of your shark, which is the size of your shark. So there's, I think your pup, oh, it's teen, adult, elder, mega. Mm-hmm. But, so there's just greats locked behind that. But you got to think, pup, teen, adult, elder, mega, that's five. Fun. That's a perfect ten levels between each one. But you so have you're a, a pup. You're 50. a pup from level one zero. I think it's around zero. Yeah. From level zero to ten, you hit level ten. Oh, you become a teen. You know, and so on and so forth. It 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 levels out perfectly that you would hit level fifty, and become a mega. But they didn't. What in the world? Like it's just basic math, people. <laughs> I I just don't I don't understand that at all. And you don't even really have to be that much more powerful per se. It needed to be that because you're never like White talked about in Carrion, where to become weak and become more powerful, the game gives you the illusion of that a little bit because you're a small shark and you become bigger, a bigger shark. Breathe, man. Breathe. <laughs> Take a breath. <sighs> you become a bigger shark. You would think by the time you're a mega that there's nothing that can stand in your way. Now, granted, I know that doesn't apply well to video games. Like, people love a challenge. Everything's got to be hard or it's too easy. The game sucks. Like, I think you'd be rewarded for the time you spent. When you become a mega, there shouldn't be anything left in the game that's a threat. I do want to clarify this. Mega doesn't mean Megalodon. Yeah, it ain't like the movie. Like, you are technically a mega shark. Like, when you... Because as you level up and everything, it has, like, a, a, a meters of how large you get. I think as a mega shark, you're nine meters, which is pretty large. Like, it's a pretty... That's a pretty... Because a meter's roughly a you're, yard. You're nearly the biggest thing in the ocean at that point... In the game at that point, but... That size and stuff don't matter. It's, it's a matter of uh, statistics and power and stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, additional... The boost from your weapon, your your armor, your armor sets, and then your organs. I feel like there should have been like a just getting to mega should, could have been could take, taken a little little longer. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of game left. I mean, it, will it? There's a whole map and a half or more that I didn't even need because I done did everything, but I had to do it all for the collectibles to get the achievements and stuff. Yeah, because we're achievements. But there should be like a good, cool little 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 bump right there at fifty, like the final bump at fifty. You become a mega, you get the mega like a mega power boost, and then you're like you kind of like. I did it, man. I'm super strong now. I can. At that point, you should be maybe almost done with the hunter. I mean, I'd already done the hunters because I got sick. Because the hunters, there's no cap on the hunters. You can just keep going as long as you can survive. You can keep fighting the stupid hunters over and over again. Do you beat all nine of them? Whatever it is, nine, eight. I think it's nine or ten. I forget exactly how many. You, you can beat all them. That's an achievement for that. Uh, but you should, if you get to the mega form, then you should be able to just run around chomp chomping everything. 
And nothing, nothing should be hard anyway. It should be your reward for getting everything done is just swimming around me on a freaking murder fest. And like it's everything's everything about the end of the game is 20 levels higher than you. It's you're in a constant battle for your life at all times. That's not a reward for playing through the game all the way through. It's not. I shouldn't struggle. And even uh, uh, there's not even like a new game plus or anything like that. Like once you get all it everything. does is when you beat the game, you get you get free roam. Yeah, which if you collect, if you do all the collectibles and stuff. My, my thing, my, my thing was like congratulations. My, my thing was like congratulations, you beat the game. It went away and like and it popped up. Congratulations, 100. percent And I was like, well, yay. Let me turn this off. Then I'm done. Mm-hmm. I did everything. We got all the achievements in this game. This is one of the easiest ones. Besides the difficulty some of the fights, uh, for achievements-wise, it's one of the better achievement lists in a game. It's just for basically playing the dang game. Yeah, just playing the game and then like 100%ing all the areas, getting all the collectibles. Yeah, it's not hard at all. And I mean, Some of the, fight, the fights are hard, but the actual achievement list itself is... And you have one of your organs. The matter of fact, the first organ you get in the game is a sonar that levels up to a pretty redonkulous range. And while you're sonaring, it pinpoints and tells you where collectibles are on your map. So yeah. there's no reason to not get it. Plus, getting the collectibles gives experience. you the experience to level you up faster and upgrade your abilities. So it's like it's built well, but like I said, it's missing the fine tuning. Yeah, and missing some again. That it's only 87 people. Yeah, but and somebody, this is their I first feel, time doing an RPG. They just type. Are, I don't know. I don't want to complain. I want to. I like the game. I want to, but I'm sure 87, 87 people in a building, and not not one person's like, should we lock on? That, that you got pushed out the window. That's why they're eighty seven, not eighty eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why is there a lock on? I do. Uh, we we wish him luck in his future endeavors. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know. So and my thing is level caps. I hate. I level hate. caps are dumb. Whoever invented the level cap, I hope they died a long. Excru- there has to be one person who somebody thought of the level cap. And I hope they died a long, excruciating, painful death. There's no benefit at all to level caps. Cool. It neuters your experience in every aspect of what you're doing. MMOs and stuff like that. Ooh, I'll just keep grinding more equipment. That's stupid. How about you keep leveling up? Or something. Like, level caps is the one of the dumb, besides microtransactions, level caps is one of the stupidest things. We say that, but then technically speaking, hitting level ninety nine in RPGs technically is a level cap. Most of that, most RPGs take like most. You don't you don't get to those. Those are so high because you don't get to them. Yeah, like most most uh, you can be on like between sixties and seventies. Yeah, have like to it takes some doing. You but know, when you, you, you don't hit a level cap halfway through a game, you're like whoopsie. I still have the other half of the game to go. Yeah. So I don't know. Speaking of that, we, we another thing because carrying. It was only about. 10 hours or so and it felt a little too long man eater my my ending time was almost 15 hours having completed everything and it's i love the game the fact that the game exists is amazing it's an open world shark rpg is amazing yeah but it's it felt too long yeah like there was some areas that weren't needed they could have cut out some of the area oh and uh wipe out the sewer systems yeah, un, un, there's so many sewers you swim through, so many. Maybe maybe put if you want a sewer underwater sewer through sewer thing, make one little level of sewer, just one, just enough where it doesn't start getting annoying. Just you know, there's there's a fine line, but then every map 
you go to has sewers or the underwater. Now the the, the end of the game kind of replaces that with uh, the underwater underwater caverns. Underwater, underwater caverns, which whew, I don't like those either. But those are at least navigatable because of the game does give obvious hints. Like there's like light coming out of the sewer systems. Like oh, it's like a yellow light means exit. Mm-hmm. Is it yellow or white? Yellow means exit. exit, and white means like dead end or, or blue. Nothing. Or blue means go deep. Blue, yeah, blue, blue means go deeper, and that kind of apply yellow. Oh, yellow and blue that does apply because the, and the, and when you're in underwater caves, the plant life glows, and the yellow plant life means Leads exit. Exits. And the blue means go deeper, which again doesn't tell you that. You kind of figure that out on your. I don't know if it tells you or not. It doesn't at all. That's you kind of figure that out on your own. But I just don't need these underwater mazes. The sewers are just mazes. They're not very deep mazes, but you can get turned around pretty. Well, you get turned around, and and when when you and then the earlier ones, there's things in there you can't quite kill. Yeah, that are that are just ripping you to pieces in there. When you're when you're a small to teen, there's things in the sewers that are just like ripping you to shreds, and it makes it really hard to have any reason to go down in there and try to explore. I mean, I, I like I like exploring um, with danger. I don't mind that, but it just comes kind of, kind of tedious when you end up going here's a sewer. This sewer leads to what? Another sewer? Oh, man. And take a right turn here. It's even more sewers? Oh, what is going on here? Put, put, put me back out in the open water, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that was about. So I don't, I don't need I don't need sewers. But they cut out the, you know, at least one little thing. One, one sewer, give, me, give me one sewer maze. I don't like a maze. I don't like sewers. But you, if you want to have it, one sewer maze. Or one of the areas, one of the areas could have just been, it was already technically an industrial area. Make that sewer field and make the other ones kind of cool. If I need to swim through like an underwater drain system, that's fine. That's basically what they are. But like, you know, I'm talking like, when I mean like a drain, like it's just a single giant tube that runs under a property, not any, I don't know how I'm saying, I'm stupid. Yeah. But a sewer maze is obnoxious. And but the I, big the big thing you want to get to in the game is the is the bottom part of the map, which is the open ocean, which is which is designed correctly. You do get to like the end part of the game is the ocean, which is cool. I just don't think you needed all the other all the other all the all the other maps to get to it. Now, when you look at the way the map's designed, it all makes sense. I guess is what it was what they were going for. There's at least one. Well, that one that the one place one the, area that. Didn't need to be there at all. all it's right. so not. It's so pointless that, that they don't even put any. Because most of the areas have a uh, a snippet of like it's like one of your your storyline. You do all the story stuff, and the last of the story is like check on Scaly Pete, and you go to all the little little icon, and you watch a Scaly Pete cutscene. They all have one except for this one map doesn't have one. Yeah. I was like, why is this map here then? I mean, there's literally nothing here. I mean, there's collectibles and nonsense. But they could no, have cut that area out. Yeah, you know, could have scooped it out or maybe. Pull the other area over and ex- maybe extend the ocean part a little bit. I mean, things could be done. Now we can't expect the game to be perfect. I know we're complaining now, but the game c- can't be perfect on their first outing of the sh- open world shark game. But if if there's a man eater too, I will play it hands down. Oh, yeah. I will enjoy the heck out of it, as long as they don't make it like too long. <laughs> yeah, I think the only way to make a man eater two now is to is to go full open ocean. You can't do the whole, what what we done did again. You can't do that again. It will be fun. I don't think that, I don't think you could do the running through the maps again and hop into a golf course and all that stuff. I don't think you could do all that again. There's no there's no it'd be it'd be a bad idea to make the same game again. You'd have to go. Yeah. They'd have to take whatever money they made, maybe get some financing and make and do it. Do it not a, not a full blown. I mean, granted, some games out there have some pretty big good big oceans already. The Assassin's Creeds and 
which are three has some pretty good open water sections. But okay, wait, okay, I, I get it. I know what needs to happen. The people at Maneater need to contact Kevin Levine and be like, "Hey guys, we want to do Maneater meets Bioshock and have a giant Kevin shark attacking Levine. Rapture <laughs> and biting into tonics and getting superpowers." Yeah. <laughs> well, Ken hasn't made no open world games. Um, man, I mean. I guess. It's kind of made the opposite of open world games. Yeah. But still, it could be uh, fun. I feel like if there's a man-eater too, it, it almost, almost certainly have to be open ocean. There'd have to be... You have to start big and just get bigger, I guess. Because you're, you're big at the end of this game, but I was disappointed in the size, really. I know they had to, manip- had to be manipulated in a, in a way that your biggest shark could still fit on the old map. Like if somebody didn't get all the collectibles and they needed to go back to the old maps, your shark has to be able to fit everywhere. Yeah. Which sucks, but that would be a problem in open in an open ocean. I don't know. I think I did. I did. did I'll say I enjoyed ninety ninety five percent of it. Like it's like the hunters take a, and they are optional most of the time. You don't have to do it if you're not trying to get the collectibles. Uh, you have to push your infamy up to do the story, but not all the way. It's like they think the highest one you have to go is like five or six. Like really? you can completely not do the last couple. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but but that also keeps some of the. Uh, full the full bioelectric set is hidden behind this so if you've been enjoying that set with the bioelectrics are pretty cool they're all they all all the sets have their pluses and negatives like the shadow set i didn't like the shadow set that much but it makes you insanely fast under underwater i do want to say hands down the least fun thing about the game the le- i mean the level cap is annoying fighting some of the hunters is obnoxious the final boss fight was so infuriating because yeah, it gives you it's pretty unfair with literally it's it's it drops a late it drops a brand new mechanic on you in the final fight which, which, never, is, which is a big gaming no-no yeah for the other podcast talk about other games when they you don't you don't launch a new mechanic on the last boss fight don't put don't put something you've never seen before in the last boss fight it's not a good not a good design we won't, we won't say what it is but there's a new it's it, a new mechanic on the last boss fight and you're just like oh wow this blows the, th- the thing the thing that I, I will say it took me five tries it took me two yeah because I I because I, 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 I kind of watching you kind of do it so I kind of know how to do it I did terribly my first try I got him one hit away from killing it on my second try, and then did progressively worse for the next couple, and then finally got you nearly it. quit from Yeah, I, I, I was about to quit and go to work, <laughs> but then I was like, no, I want to get this beat before I go to work, so I turned it back on, and I took a breath, walked the dogs, came back with a clear head, and managed to prevail with yeah. a lot of running away and hiding. Yeah, mostly running, because you can't heal yourself by eating random animals and hunters. Yeah. The scuba hunters. Divers. Divers, yeah. scuba divers, or hunter divers—that's what they're called. Yeah, they—you uh, can eat them, but when you're swimming at them, trying to eat them, they're shooting you with their perfect aim. Um, I don't know—is there anything else? Anything else we're missing? We did talk. We did kind of heap on the negative at the end, mm-hmm. but that doesn't take away from it being a good game and a good, a very fun experience. Yeah, it's very fun. It's very unique. I guess it's even unique for the how they managed to uh, take a unique experience and fill it fill it full of the uh, cliches of, of an open world game I don't know that's like unavoidable at this point fill a map with icons that you have to collect it's just did you need three collectibles not really is there too much of everything yes yes yeah 
like probably all the numbers like, you take the grand total and take off like a third at least a third or at least say a fourth maybe I think I say a third cut everything all the nonsense there were, uh, all the the population controls I don't need I don't need to go hunt seals three times once or two yeah I need you know, three or at just... least it's weird because there's more than this. There's, there's lots of wildlife. Why am I hunting the same one three times? Yeah, like let me do pick, one pick, time pick, seal, one yeah. time mahi-mahi, one time tuna. Yeah, But don't let me do up. seal three times. Or yeah, that, we'd still be complaining, I guess, but still, we would, but they literally just pick one and you do the same one three times. If it's population control, shouldn't you be controlling all the population of all the wildlife? Maybe. I mean, you're not the god shark or anything. Like What's the... I know, but it's it's just the thing. Like, why I do that? So I mean, or just need... not have bothered with it because it's not like it affects the game doing population control on the. It, it don't. It's it's supposedly what call what calls out the apex. Yeah. I wonder why I, I would. I wonder why the apexes aren't just wandering around too. These scary, scary. Only the, and only the first couple of apexes are really scary. Uh, they all. The, the good news is they're all unique. They all do look unique and yeah. different. Well, they're advanced yeah. versions of stuff you've already fought usually. Uh, I say the first two or three are even dangerous. Those are seven maps. You fought like seven apexes. The last mm. couple ones are just well. The last one's pretty rough. He's powerful, but so were you at kind of at that at that point. I mean, if you know how to get out of the way, but he's also fifteen levels higher. And you know, one hit from him, really twenty levels higher than you probably. Yeah. So it's a very interesting game. You've played like is it kind of like carrying in a way. You've kind of played nothing like it. Yeah. I can't Unless think you of. played their depth game, which is, isn't even the same thing. No. You played depth, maybe. I wonder if the shark controls in depth mimic the. If it's the same controls you have as playing as a shark in Maneater. Wouldn't surprise me, because, I mean, if, 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 if it's a control. Words. If it's an, a control scheme that worked, why change it? Yeah. I assume maybe depth's more grounded in realism. Yeah, uh, you're not. Depth, depth sounds cool now. Yeah. If you get four humans and some murky water and a. The whole point is somebody, to hunt somebody, the shark and find as, treasure. Somebody playing as a shark, sneaking around. I bet they got a, a, additional animal senses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That could be cool. I swear I heard about the game a long time ago. I, I thought I thought it never came out. It just hit Windows only. PC and it, and it yeah. didn't go anywhere else. I wonder if Maneater would would it sell well enough to warrant bringing depth to consoles. That'd be cool. I mean, it wouldn't wouldn't be hard. Just throw an online component and if all those stuff, just make it free to play with like. Cosmetics for your shark yeah. and your divers. Free to play, and all you have is if you want to put microtransactions with all games want to now, just make it all cosmetic, like rainbow colored shark, or let me wear like giant, you know, big head shark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that was uh, it was a game fly game for us. So, I mean, you can buy Pass. I think my game fly. Oh, oh, man, man, okay, man eater was a game fly. Yeah, carrying was game pass game. Uh, Van Eater was Gamefly. We so. gotta appease both of these deities now. Yeah. Uh, Gamefly always does. We got another, we got another uh, Gamefly game we're messing with right now. I don't know if we'll do a whole episode on that, on that one or not, but we'll see. I'm not super into the current Gamefly game. I'd say play it. I don't know. 20 bucks? I wouldn't go more than. Well, I, 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 think, wouldn't I think go more than. At full price, it's 30 or 40 maybe. I think it's 40 it, full it, price. It, it, I'd be if I paid sixty bucks for it day one, I'd have been upset. I'll tell you that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I say it's worth maybe you, you'll you'll get a full twenty bucks out of it, and, you, and you'll you'll be happy with your twenty bucks well spent. I feel like even though you know it's time versus like I say it's, it's about the same. You spend about about the same amount of time as you did in carrying. Mm-hmm. I think it's a. I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed carrying. 
Oh yeah, it's better than. I mean, it's not the same game at all. But just they're both incredibly bloody and gory and stuff. One's just more pixelated. The other one is not. <laughs> no, one, one more. One last thing about the, about the bloody and the stuff like that is the uh, when you fight other animals mm-hmm. and you're like chomping on them and stuff, and they keep on fighting you when they have no li- no limbs left. Like it's not a spoil. You like you do fight other other sharks, and you'll fight a shark to a point where it's literally just like a like a torpedo. <laughs> It do, you've you've it, its fins are gone. Everything's gone. It's just a tail. It's just it's literally like a it's like a torpedo, and it's just it's swimming around and trying to bite you, still. leaving it, blood it, trails behind. Yeah, it. blood all over the place. It's like one of the silliest things I've seen. And you do that to uh, everything else. You end up fighting. I did, and I did record it. It's on my Xbox, so I may port it. Yeah, post the app. It. Yeah. yeah, I got into. Uh, I had a particularly fast uh, monster uh, fish come at me but from the bottom and I dodged it and it flew out of the water and landed on the uh, it was an apex predator and it landed on the golf course and I had to hop out of the water and we had to have a land battle on the <laughs> on the golf course because it, it was flopping but it couldn't get back to the water and I couldn't kill it in the amount of time I had to hold my breath so I had to jump back into the water get back out and we had a, a land battle <laughs> between me and Stupid. another yeah. another thing yeah that's a cool. It's a cool game. Definitely unique. Uh, I'm so glad we we're actually. Uh, it's rare. It's honestly, it's sadly rare these days. I'm excited to play anything. I was kind of looking forward to when Maneater hit the game fly. I was like, ooh, nice. I'm actually I was interested to play this. Yeah. Anything else? No. That's it. I think okay. I'm ready for us to move on. Yeah. The last thing here, we'll we'll make this quick because the episode's banging on here. Uh, we're gonna do a band now. Uh, we say we uh, I, did, I did a post about it on the front end Blake said the I said, I said the two games and the band all have a common theme which is blood that's only misleading in the band because of that's it's just in their name yeah they're actual what they uh, what they sing about I think Blake has more info here what they actually sing about is the the opposite of that but the the band we're talking about here and they don't actually have an album out right now yet they're actually they have a bunch of uh, singles on Spotify and they have a because they initially started you'll see here in a minute they started as a as a YouTube parody band where they were parodying uh, pop songs and then they finally got to where they wanted to do their own original music but this band uh, is called Bloody Wood and I think I found them on Spotify originally and I think a little while back I didn't I feel like Daniel put them on his show at one point Bloody Wood I don't think he Sure. Did he? he mm, I don't remember. I don't know if he heard him on a radio or something like that. I swear, I, I think Bloody Wood came across uh, Daniel's YouTube show. Well, we'll have to ask because I don't remember. If they he'll he'll seal Texas when he hears the episode. Yeah. But uh, they're uh, Indian. Uh, yeah, they're from New Delhi, India. Yeah, Indian folk metal band. They're, they're actually uh, pretty rad and fairly unique because they use uh, these. Uh, you name it, there's a flute that they play in the it's song called the. The Dole, D O H L, I yeah, think. Yeah, can't pronounce it, so we apologize about that. And a uh, another one is called. I can't remember. I know. I know Dole, D O H L, was the flute, and there was another particular instrument, but I can't seem. Yeah, but those mix in with the with, with your typical metal <laughs> guitars and drums, and uh, they have is it they have two singers, one guy that does the. Uh, uh, the growls, the growls, and, the, and there's a, a pseudo kind of a rapper mm-hmm. kind of guy, and they go back. I don't know if one does one and one does the other, but they do go back and forth with swing uh, singing in their native language and in English both. Yes, 
Yeah, I don't know what the native language is. I don't want to sound uh, uh, Punjabi. I, have, I, I think know. it's Punjabi. I think. I don't want to sound is like... That, is that a language? I don't know. I think it's Punjabi. But, because uh, in, well, they're from this New Delhi, India, and I think it's Punjabi. Maybe. I think. Somebody can correct us if they do some more proper Googling than we did. But it is neat because they do go back and forth. Because you'll be listening to a song and you're like, that's weird. I don't know what they're saying. And then you're like, I, he may mix some English in together. It's like half and half. And you're like, wait, understood a couple of words there. What's going on? And then he'll go back to his native language and just kind of go a little lost. But... That doesn't make the uh, it makes the uh, the music obviously sound more genuine to the rest of the sound when you got the flute and the other instrument he's got going on in there. It makes it fit all together really well and sound really cool. The uh, the song that I picked to play after they have six or seven original songs I think mm-hmm. I picked uh, the song called Endurant. Yeah, it's about endurance. It just mean obviously it means like enduring, you know, struggles and stuff like that. Because the the band actually has all their 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 uh, original songs uh, they all push a really positive messages forward and they've done lots of uh charity work and uh they've actually done some really amazing stuff with their charity work yeah. um can i talk about some of it yeah sure um with the release of one of their songs it's not the one we're going to play today but it's called jay Vare, and it's a song that supposed to, it promotes uh, like mental health and mental illness awareness and stuff like that and when they released that song it, they uh, had a, a charity event following and they um, they were given they worked in association with a company called where oh my brain it was I know this hold on bear with me people I'm trying to be as accurate as possible it was Okay, it was an online counseling site called Hope Therapy. And when they released the song, uh, Jay Verre, they actually, at the same time, uh, prepaid a bunch of free hours for anybody to go and get free counseling and help mm-hmm. for any sort of mental ailment, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, and so on and so forth. But they, they were prepaid free hours to let people go talk willy-nilly. The band, the band members paid for that, or they, or they used, or they donated the money from the I think it was selling a, of the single? How'd they? It, was, it seems like it was a mix of both, because it says in association with, they later they partnered with online counseling sites. So I'm assuming part... And then released the song J. Veray, which is dedicated to fighting depression and mental illness. So they partnered with. So I don't know. I think that means they paid for. They were partners. Yeah. Huh. They paid with or were like, hey, do this and do that. On top of that, they had another song. This is actually really cool. I really like this. They did a uh, a European tour. After they returned to India from doing a European tour, they have a lot of support for like, uh, local homeless animals and stuff in India. One particularly called the Posh Foundation. It's a local NGO that cares for the homeless animals and stuff in the area. Mm-hmm. It says they ask their Patreons for support after returning, and then they it says they donated the profits from their European tour and bought a new ambulance for that particular foundation. That's crazy. They didn't. They, they, this is their profit. So obviously, they, they had to pay all their people that were working with them. But I think anything extra yeah. that would have went to them, they instead bought an ambulance for this company, this uh, foundation, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Because they're they all seem fairly genuine, like really good people, just yeah. based off like the social work and 
stuff like that that they've done yeah. and all their songs what they again I don't understand the language well that's a cool thing I'll say about I'm going to play the song Endurant at the end of this you can go and listen to the song here it's fine it's great it's a great fun song anyway just it, I mean musically wise I mean the, the subject is obviously about it, about enduring and like so maybe it might be a happy song maybe it's about overcoming so it might end up being happy but it's a, it's, it's a song dealing with the topic of bullying yeah basically what it's I just like the way the song sounded so uh. yeah but you can go online they've made I think they've made videos for all of their songs and I watched the all video. their original songs yeah all the original songs I, if you watch the video for Endurant it has the uh, it's the lyrics while the guy is singing English is there and then it has the subtitles for when he's singing and their native language is also there too which is pretty cool. It's all across the bottom as the, as the actual music video plays. And then on the end of that video, one of the guys, I guess maybe one of the leads, the lead singer, one of the other guys uh, talks for a few minutes about what the song is about and int- cool stuff like that, which I don't ever, you never see a lot of that. And we're like, like it's like a four, like a seven minute video and the song's like four minutes and he talks on the end about what the, about the song. It's really cool. But you can find that e- real easy on YouTube. If you just search Bloody Wood on YouTube, it's one word, and you'll have all their all their original songs on their own with uh, videos. A cool thing I kind of like about them is they are a, they're standardly a three piece band. Which I think I think this is kind of they're standardly a three piece band. One guy does flute, guitars, production design, and then the other guy does the the vocals. And the growling while another guy does all the rap vocals. And that's kind of what they do on like... I thought there was a drummer. Not standardly. Because I think they use a drum machine because when it was just them. Because mm-hmm. when they do like YouTube videos and stuff. But then when they actually go on tour, yeah. because someone can't play the guitar and the flute at the exact same time. I don't know anyone who can do that. Uh, he needs to practice more. So they actually doubled their amount of band members when they toured a six. Oh, yeah. To have someone all, specifically all the- dedicated to drumming to bass mm-hmm. and to dole because the guy who does a guitar does bass guitar all by himself in studio, in studio. when they're touring yeah. they have more yeah. people yeah, I think yeah. that's, that's pretty cool. cool yeah really neat really cool band hope they get they're, I mean, they're, obviously they're doing really really well in their own country of course because all the social work helps your popularity and it they're just it's a cool and the music's fun too I mean it's yeah. They're fairly new, too. They've only been around for four years. Oh, really? Okay. It says 2016 is when they started, but technically they sort of started a little bit before that because the dude who does the guitar, he's the guy who brought the whole band together, the guitarist, Mm -hmm. because he started by making metal covers of popular Bollywood songs and putting them on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And then he himself ran into the vocalist at a business meeting because oddly enough the lead guitarist was apparently a uh, it doesn't say he just it just says that he was a corporate lawyer yeah and the vocalist was a talent manager and they met up at, at a like retreat a high, like a high end party or at something like a retreat for like a, a business or something you want to make some metal and then I think they uh, it says that he was the, the lead guitarist is named uh, Karen Karen Katara however you pronounce it. Yeah, I don't want to... I looked at their names on... on, on His name's Karen. We'll just say that. And he ran into the the would-be lead vocalist named Jay Ant. Mm -hmm. And I think it was, I guess, like a little talent competition or something. And he was surprised by the dude's versatility in his vocals and range. And he was like, hey... And they became quick, fast friends to the point. And then they both ended up quitting their jobs and Mm -hmm. becoming a two-piece band. And then 
expanding from there. Expanding from there. And I think that's pretty cool that they, it says that they, uh, they quit their jobs and formed a two piece band with the intention of destroying pop songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you had the original songs. You can listen to quite a few of their, uh, all the all their stuff's on Spotify. You have quite a few of the other, of the other songs. I don't know who all the some of the songs I do know. I, I'm not too, too too terribly into pop, but some of the stuff you'll see are ob- obvious. One uh, like Despacito and Humble and yeah, Humble's in there. They did uh, Never Gonna Give You Up. Yeah. <laughs> they did. It. And one of the things that got them a whole whole lot of um, notoriety was they actually did a cover of Linkin Park's uh, Heavy. And they did it legitimately heavy, <laughs> and they got a lot of notoriety from several on uh, websites like Loudwire, Metal Hammer, and a couple others. And they were like promoting them real hard, like check out this brand new guys doing this awesome cover. And so I think that's pretty awesome about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it's an awesome man to check out and keep your eye on. Who knows if they'll be putting out a full album anytime soon? They got nearly enough songs to do a full album, but it doesn't even seem like they have an intention to just be. Rock stars doesn't really seem like to be the the goal here. They 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 want to do what they can to help, and I think that's really yeah, awesome. This, this is the way to, way to do it. So, really interesting, really cool. Apparently, really nice guys. So yeah. you know you know everybody thinks that metals for the devil or all that nonsense. You don't ever, ever ever listen to what music is saying. Yeah, they just they hear oh they they're so loud and you can't understand what they're saying. That must be the devil talking. Or yeah. some nonsense. It's funny, even in this day and age, that go to out to stand outside like metal concerts and try to hand out Bible pamphlets and brochures. No, we've, and seen, stuff. we've seen it before, yeah. It's anyway. mind blowing. Yeah. So check them out. I'll be I'll be playing sale on here. I'll, I'll take this song and I'll put it on the the uh, Spotify uh, add, add it to the playlist here in a bit. I'll probably right after I finish editing the podcast, I'll, I'll put it on there. It'll be on there soon. Uh, and I said, hit up, hit all the little, uh, social media things that Blake mentioned on the front end. I will be, uh, I bet I have been putting all the links to all the social media stuff on the end of the show notes and then the podcast. If you don't feel like you're too lazy to go search on these places, just scroll to the bottom of the show notes and I have, I've provided links to everything, including links to the, uh, if anybody reads the show notes, there's links to everything, including the, the guy who does the, who has the intro song. Uh, the guy for the art for our main art and the, all the art of our guests, and then now our buddy Brandon, his music. I've linked to all that stuff too. So I've made it all really easy for everybody. I do all the work. You just have to go do do the clicking. But sometimes that's uh, all still the other, too much work. Yeah, I guess for people <laughs> people these days, I ain't so worried about our pages. But if you go, you know, help, you know, support the other people who've made and done things for us, then uh, it's pretty cool. I know we know Daniel our. Uh, cousin of course we mentioned a bunch he he used devious pixel for his art for his show we we appreciated that quite a bit so anything you can do to help these other folks out because everybody's small time i mean what are you gonna do nothing wrong with helping out anybody yeah, yeah, pay it forward anyway so on the end here i'll let blake wrap it up and as soon as he's done you're, you're gonna hear a little flute playing that'll be the uh the opening opening notes of the song endurant by bloody wood I want to wish everybody a uh, good evening and good night.
Let me go.